everybody. I'm Lara from AFD. And I'm Hervé from AFD. And today we're recording a podcast with Soraya from Studio AMA. Uh, hello Soraya, can you maybe tell us a bit more about yourself and about your enterprise? Yes, of course. Thank you for inviting me. It's uh, really nice to be here with you in Antwerp in this very nice Stan studio. It's a pleasure to be in different uh, environments these days because it's a rare thing. Uh, so yes, I am Soraya. Studio AMA is my enterprise, but also a label, a fashion label. I'm completely going for ethical fashion. Ethical is for me local, circular and social. I guess we will go <laughs> deeper into that within a few minutes. Um, I studied in Brussels at La Cambre. So I'm a, a fashion designer by education. Can you tell us what specifically has led to you starting Studio AMA? Of course. So I studied as a fashion designer. I worked high-end in the fashion industry, also here in Antwerp, but also in mass production enterprises. And there I saw a lot of problems on the ecological and social fields. And for me, that was... I couldn't like put myself into that. I couldn't relate. It didn't work out for me. And that also led me to what would I do myself if all of the decisions were mine. And that is what led up to Studio AMA. What is your approach in making fashion sustainable? Because it's a common misconception that sustainable fashion isn't hip or trendy. But of course, this is not the case of Studio AMA. Eh? But how do you convince people that clothes can be both sustainable and trendy? I try to not convince people. Um, as you all know, people want to buy clothes and that's that's the product that I am offering. People want to be dressed, they want to configure an identity uh, with clothing and I want to offer that with good design, working with what is available here and not really based on trends. I make unique pieces, so every piece of the collection is different or slightly different and that's like people as well i want to make clothing fashion for people and i often have the the idea that the the clothing or the piece also and the the one that is buying it that they have like this link this match and i think this is a very important thing to really be connected to what you buy and then also wear and want to want want to keep on wearing and What I also do is like, for me, transparency is a very important thing. So I am showing these clothes, these pièces uniques, the special uh, materials that I'm using, but I'm also trying to alternate that with the information that I'm giving. Like, it's okay, these pieces have a more clean background than what you're used to or what you maybe don't know. And you make a real difference for yourself and for your surroundings by wearing this. I want to go for time also in design but also really this personalness like this is really your piece and to yeah like I already said connection is a very important thing because I think in this connection is also the key to sustainability if you really are like in love with a with a piece of clothing you won't throw that away you will take care when you wash it all these kind of things are very important aspects that I'm working on. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. 
maybe just another question. When you're talking about the uniqueness of uh, the product for the consumer, do you then work with a lower stock as well for the pieces? Are they like individual pieces or do you make a couple of those designs and a couple of other designs or is it just one piece for every of every design so i have a family of designs so trousers t-shirts skirts all these like items and i repeat them in different kind of materials but the material itself is always slightly different so you have the same model the same form of your sweater for instance but i already made this sweater in more than 50 kind of fabrics so that is where the uniqueness is coming from and also sometimes when there's a print for instance the print will reappear on different parts of the sweater so no sweater is the same sweater yeah okay i get it thank you so then how do you contribute to a more circular way of industry with your brand Classically, if you create a collection, um, you make drawings, you get your ideas on paper, you make tests maybe with test materials, and then you go find the fabric that suits your design. For me, that's a different thing. I work with partners, local textiles, textile factories and I work with their leftovers so the every production process has waste and here in Belgium all my partners are Belgian partners they have often very good waste management but still tests are to be made design tests but also washing tests and those fab fabrics they have no purpose anymore and the amounts are small, the surfaces are small. So that's, I kind of adapt my designing system on the fabrics that are available, on the um, characteristics that I know these fabrics have from the textile companies I work with. Okay. Where do you get your textile from? Like, how do you collect it? Does it come from local shops or from different places? And do you have certain requirements for these fabrics? Yes, there is a certain requirement. Like, for me, it's really important to lower the um, enormous amount of textile leftovers there is. So I... I am not taking fabrics that still have a value on the market. So for instance, that stock is a very like hot thing now. Those are perfectly fine fabrics on big quantities, like big surfaces, but from previous collections, for instance. That is not what I'm working with. I'm really working with these samples, these tests, because that's a very difficult source. So I... I'm designing this design system or this approach to be able to still use them. For me, that's like the thing that I like is to design a solution. Therefore, I work together with um, Belgian textile factories, for instance, Bicartisley. They are making mattress thickening. It's the upper layer of mattresses. It's a very specific, high technical fabric and it's amazing it's really it's a special thing and then it also contributes to the 
to the clothing we have. And then I work together with Libico. Libico is a line and specialist, also something a super local product. And to be very proud of, in fact, that we still have this. And I also make clothing with what they are making. And then there's also Clarisse. Clarisse is a towel uh, specialist. So yes, I make clothing with fabrics that that were destined to be bought towels. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a nice thing as well to to have this these surprising aspects in the collection that I take with me from the aspects of the textile itself. Okay, great. So which aspects make from Studio Ama a place for ethical fashion? There are several things. I guess the value chain that I just explained with the positive impact, we'll talk about the social aspect a bit later, but also like the ripple effects in business and consumers. What I do is like pioneering and setting these new standards, showing what is possible. And I hope that this will be picked up and this is getting picked up. So this ripple effect is very important for this ethical aspect. And also the inclusivity. Inclusivity on the side of the consumer, but, but also on the production side. But if we are talking ethical inclusivity on the consumer side it's about the fact that i will neglect the existence of gender that's not true like but when i design i don't really take gender into account i want people to just wear whatever they like and if this design suits you then please go for it um, that's also the size table is not about this is a size table for women this is for men it's just i have one size chart in fact and i I think this is very important as well. And for me, that's also a part of ethical fashion, which I think is very important. And also for sizes, I go from rather very small to rather very big in sizes. And I think that's, that's important. Yeah, of course. Maybe for our listeners who don't really know the term ripple effect, maybe you could elaborate on that. Yeah, it's like the word ripple effect. It's come from when you're having a drop of water into a big surface that if the drop is falling down, this makes ripples and the ripples is, are getting uh, bigger and bigger. And it's only one drop in a very large quantity of water, but it makes a difference. And it's like getting the movement into something. And that is... Studio AMA is a small thing. Still, I have big ambitions, but still seen in the fashion industry, it's it's really not that big in quantities. But like talking with you about these topics today, getting some press coverage, working on bigger projects, having bigger companies talk to me, hopefully get inspired by what I do and how I do it, how I take care of the social workshops, the shelter workshops, how they are now being able to make clothing that's a crazy thing and those are all these drops that i am putting on consumer side talking about how to connect to your clothing going from fast fashion to slow fashion this is also a lifestyle that i'm proposing and also about the ripple effect and on different levels i am spilling drops and i hope to create a bigger impact That's for me what is what the ripple effect is about. Yeah, okay, thank you. As you highlight, your collections are a sustainable alternative to other clothes on the market. What should we know about the labels and certificates that other brands also have? They take them to certain pieces 
uh, and they promote them as sustainable clothing, but how can we know if it's really a sustainable option? I love this question and I hate to answer. <laughs> it's a very big problem. I guess we're talking greenwashing here. The, the, the attention for sustainability is rising. You have these SDGs, which I don't really like either because it's sticking the boxes and it's not a holistic approach. It's a cover-up. It's, it's like, let's use green ink and now things are fine. I, I really don't like it. A good... Yeah, I, I really must be a bit careful with what I say, but you can make your own label. You can buy a label. For instance, maybe you know Fairware Foundation. They are, in fact, it's a label, but it, this is a company, a company that is guiding sweatshops to better circumstances for their workers. But listen carefully. They are guiding sweatshops towards better. This means the circumstance today is not a good one. It means improval is very, very necessary. And it's a good thing that big uh, fashion um, companies are paying Fairware Foundation to do this guidance for these sweatshops, for this huge confection companies, but it's not because you start this process that all is good and that all is clear. And that hurts also in a bit because, yeah, we are in this fairware foundation thing. We have this label, we are fairware. And then I think like, hmm, I want to like ask to to be critical about these things, to ask the right questions. What does this mean? What does this label mean? What does the company behind this label do? What does this indicate? So that's the thing about labels and fairware. You can buy it. Um, and also very often, like HLTS, Ökotex, Fairware Foundation, you can, we can yeah, we can throw a lot of names. These are companies like B Corp is also very, very, yeah, I believe in them. I think it's a very good thing. On the other hand, for me as a small brand that Studio AMA is, I am pioneering. I am adapting all these innovative ideas. I am trying to make the best business case possible. But like paying labels, I can't. I personally want to get my brands the clothing into wardrobes and be and I want to revalue these fabrics I want to reintegrate confection techniques within social uh, sheltered workshops and I want to that people pay that I don't want my clients to pay a label I just want to be so I am like doing this differently I'm trying to be super open and transparent about how things are are made and done and I hope for clients that's enough or good so I'm investing a lot in showing the story behind the clothing and so for me that's also yeah, that's my version of doing labels but I don't really trust labels and <laughs> um, how can we distinguish between real ethical brands and those that only want to look like one what things should we pay attention to yeah, you have to read, you have to ask, you have to be critical and ask the question, what am I supporting? What am I funding? Like you all guys know supply and demand, like you have this voice every 
choice you make is having an effect like the ripple, it is also yours. Mm -hmm. Besides the fact that you recycle textile and produce locally, you work with a limited stock, Studio AMA also has a social aspect. Can you maybe elaborate a bit more on that? Yes, I'd like to. So yes, the production of the textile is local, but the sewing and the cutting as well. I work together with a social workshop, like a, a sheltered workspace. People who work there have a distance toward, towards the regular uh, job market. They have a mental or a physical disability and with the environment of this workshop they are surrounded with more guidance and the work is more at their pace suited for their capabilities and this gives them income stability structure towards this day so they really get to take a spot in society which is super super important this is also yeah good for their mental well-being so And also, if I go there, I see the satisfaction because they are part of the of a very big part of this process of making clothing. They're really involved. They have this ownership, and also their feedback is taken into account. If they see that we could do something slightly different, that it's easier for them, or quicker, or more beautiful, then we we really are in very close contact with one another. So there's yeah, it's a very warm and important for me aspect of the production of this these clothing also we like to take into account that they are learning these new skills so there's always a bit of stretch it's really the goal that they are learning as well because in the social economy there's also a goal for people to move towards the regular economy So that's also a goal for Studio AMA to really push a bit, not, not pushing, but like giving this little hint of like, this is what you can do. This is what you could achieve. I see this uh, opportunity in you to learn new things so you can move on to a regular uh, working environment. And also that's a big add to society, I guess. And also like artisanship in fashion. Fashion is like a bleeding industry. There's not that much left of confection. The companies that are left here, uh, that are still here, are most, mostly niche. And they are therefore quite expensive. And like made in Belgium clothing, it's a super rare thing. I'm myself, I'm from a tailor family, like my grandmother on my mother's side and my grandfather on my father's side, they made clothes for the villages they lived in. That's not, the, that's not that long ago. Like, so that's something I, I, I also really value. And with working together with these local workshops brings also a bit back this idea. Yeah, okay, great. So uh, now on the, onto the business side, what challenges do you face in your business and is it easy to bring across your message and your product? It is not easy. There is certainly a lot of bottlenecks. This is a new product with a new story and I get a lot of, I don't know if it's something for me, I really like this story, but I don't know if I could find something in your collection that would suit me. The idea of circular fashion, of sustainable fashion is less grounded, less inclined into people's idea. Here in Belgium, we have the Mooi Makers campaigns. It's 
it's paid by the government like to ask people to don't throw their trash on the streets we also have the solar panels which are highly subsidized so people get it these things are important uh, by funding by campaigns for clothing this is very different this is not done yet towards this chain so fast fashion is made in slavery and it won't even last three washings and it will be thrown away that's a normalized thing the fact that governments are not doing something about it it makes it super accessible for us to go on the street and buy fast fashion which contributes a lot of very negative impact for people and our planets but it's normalized so it still exists and so when people see the ama collection they are rather quickly <laughs> enthusiast it's it is a rather accessible collection uh, some pieces are more outspoken because of the fabric that is more special and others are yeah are rather subtle but still have this maybe an edge and they have no copy so that's a nice thing i dare to say style wise that i could have something for the majority of the people this is a new business model and there are no existing formulas or a lot of examples of circular value chains and circularity demands that there's also that you work in a certain ecosystem, that you are in a lot of partnerships. And this is a completely new thing. So I have to convince partners. I have to search how these partnerships can get forms. And that's, that's, that's really, that's not easy. So yeah, bottlenecks all over. <laughs> what are your plans for the future? Do you have any possible collaborations in mind or anything else? Yeah, I have plenty. Now, uh, the previous years, we worked a lot on the production to get the quality and quantity high enough. We are still expanding, but now these processes are really in place and this means that we are really ready to go to retailers to reach a new uh, potential clients we i want to i'm working on presenting the collection to retailers so this uh, b2b sales and now i i mainly did b2c so selling to end clients to get feedback to learn how to yeah really for feedback and to improve what we are doing constantly I needed to be very close to the end consumer. Now, after these years, I kind of know, and now we're ready uh, for this retail. Next to that, I, I really like to have, do this big project where I make this concept space, like maybe in an empty building on a commercial spot in the, in the city, where I can show the complete process of how we make clothes. So these textiles don't have value anymore. We are doing research on them. We are trying to find new designs with them. Then we are adapting 
we are making these designs based on the possibilities in the social workshops. Then we are presenting them to you, to, to uh, possible end consumers. We try to get feedback and this is the result that we have. And really to show this is how these clothes are made and to make the, the concept uh, the story behind these clothes as close as possible towards end consumers also to maybe show the lack of transparency in other brands so that's something i i'd really like to see happen next to that i want to help other labels to produce more social and to produce local social and also circular maybe not on everything at once but this is like the the knowledge the expertise that i build up over the years there's a lot of demand towards that my mission is really to get circularity and local social production out of the margin and to really integrate this into normality so for me helping other brands is something also on my agenda but this is like a bit of sp a spoiler or this is i is i think it's the first time that i say this out loud so i always like it to talk about the future it makes me really enthusiastic like yeah there are so many opportunities this is growing this is possible i see so many opportunities and it really keeps me going to talk about uh, the future but there is a future a qu question coming and that's one it's not super positive um so and next to that yeah i want to help other work uh, social workshops to introduce confection into their portfolio and because i really like doing that as well like really going into this process with a workshop and develop new things for them and for their people and yeah i also as a as a fashion designer still now i'm a designer of, of a fashion company maybe or how a fashion company could look like but also i still am a fashion designer and working with new materials searching to new styles working together with these social workshops to create new things it's also something yeah i'm looking forward to yeah that's it Okay, I think that sounds very ambitious. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> maybe even too ambitious, yeah. but yeah, one piece at a time, I guess. <laughs> it's always good to have big plans. How do you think students can have an impact and contribute to a more circular and sustainable fashion industry? Like, even listening to this is a very good place to start or to get deep, deeper into things. So I guess I'd say be aware read listen be curious every choice has an impact and what you are wearing where it's close to your heart be connected to what you wear choose and surround yourself with um and if you yeah i know like we are so used to very cheap clothing but ask yourself the question is this something you really want is this something you want to contribute to and is it necessary to have a lot of, a lot of items or could you make yourself an, an, a uniform where you feel good in and with less clothes that really suit you that you really like that you really love wouldn't that be a better 
option for you. And then what I also, I know like I have clients who really save up to buy a piece. I have clients who ask a piece for the, uh, as a birthday present. Um, it really touches me because, oh, it's so, it's so nice. And then I like, I like to help them and to check like, yeah, what b would be the best contribution to your wardrobe? And ah, this is such a nice process to be so conscious about what you wear, what you, what you're opting for. And if that's not an option, secondhand, for instance, here in Belgium, you have the Kringwinkel. You are making an impact by wearing secondhand because there are no new resources that are taken. And the Kringwinkel as well is social economy. People who work there are from the same group that I talked about um, some minutes ago. So it's a complete difference if you are buying there you are also supporting them, supporting this system. So that's a very good option as well. Make it last, uh, choose well, uh, buy less, make it last. Yeah, the Vivian Westwood, I guess that this quote is a very important thing. What kind of advice would you give to someone who is designing a clothing line and wants to make sure it's produced ethically? It's a very specific question because Yeah, not everybody is going to start a fashion line, but I would say go and see for yourself. Ask questions, be on top of things, really go there, be there. Ask how the workers are paid, their rights, ask for their contracts to really see it and talk to them as well, not only with the supervisors, but really with people who are working there. Be, be strict and if your gut says no, then it should be no. I know that if you go to these confection companies, if they know that you are coming, they will make sure you won't see something that you don't have to see. So be thoroughly. <laughs> And yeah, how bigger the company often, how more shady. Yeah, my, my advice is go there, ask the right questions, follow your gut. And don't do it. <laughs> It's about being critical. Of course, yeah, yeah, I'd say yes. Do you think the fashion industry is evolving in a good direction? Are you optimistic about the future? And uh, what are the most important or most urgent issues that need to be addressed right now? Me, myself, I'm, I'm rather optimistic and I want to make big things happening with and for Studio AMA. But I guess we have to also be honest and we're moving in different directions. Um, I guess we need a lot more consciousness for companies and consumers, for, for, both, for both of them, more attention, sustainability, circularity. It is more and more in the greenwashing, like in communication, but it's also in entrepreneurial tournaments, in subsidies from the governments, in press, etc. So it's gaining a lot of attention. On the other hand, greenwashing and big companies sticking the SDG boxes, but it only in very small quantities or in some small side projects. If there's not a holistic, systemic approach, then not a lot of things really will happen or it will happen on a very small... It's like... You have a to-do list as a big company and at the end of the list there is, we should check off another SDG. 
But at the end of your uh, to-do list, you're not as courageous or energetic anymore. So, yeah, as long as a government won't impose this, as long as the big easy money will be out of the sustainability choices to be made, things will proceed as they are. And yeah, that's the, that's a really big issue, I guess, for me, like I see it. So do you think then that an ethical fashion industry can be enforced by governments or is it more up to the customers to reshape the market? What are your thoughts on this? I am optimistic, but moves have to be made by governments, standards for impact, standards for import, taxes for sustainable for sustainable circular products, etc. But also the consumers who wear clothes, I still I see yeah, we still wear clothes, like people are making these choices daily. Consumers need to be more demanding, more strict towards the people they buy from. Now I'm, I'm putting myself in a difficult spot to like say like consumers have to ask difficult questions, but it is so important. And consumers, therefore, they acknowledge their own power and contribution and they are shaping the future if they take in this position. So yeah, my answer would be both. It is both consumers and companies. And governments. <laughs> okay, maybe this question is a bit like on the same subject, but on a different level. Because as you also started uh, with the company for entrepreneurs in the fashion industry, do you believe there is enough and appropriate support from the government or external organizations in terms of information about subsidies or creating your own business? I guess, you know, there is a lot, um, but my idea now is that there is a lot of general advice startups are hip and happening there's a lot of support things are rising here too for social enterprises in the netherlands if you do social enterprise it's even more supported and also for in there's also investment funds for social impact companies and sus and subsidies so there is certainly an enthusiasm uh, amongst those parties but the big decision makers the big amount of money to make the big amount of money to make this happen they are more precautious the numbers are different so they kind of wait by they wait for approval by the market by for they wait for market acceptance so they want to be sure of what they are doing because there's much more skin in the game. On a European level, this is happening a lot on big scale. So that's there's, there's a real turning point. But uh, on the investment side, the market's approval is still pending. So what I'm saying here is that it's a bit a chicken, a chicken and the egg thing. Every party is like looking at each other, like the government is waiting on the big investments from companies and the companies are waiting for the consumers to have this market approval and the consumers are waiting on government to change taxes and to change the directions that governments are giving so yeah we're waiting everyone is waiting to to make things happen that's not that's not a good thing but yeah but on the other hand yeah change is gonna come because re resources will be wasted and 
the question is when will the alarm bell be loud enough maybe i'll just add a small thing so if there's no option but to change towards more sustainability the only question is when we'll make a real shift normalize these things and that we have to expect higher standards respecting our future needs so i would say that i am positive because i know this is the direction i don't say that studio ama is the one and only solution it's a part of a lot of solutions but this is like where i am specializing myself in but there, there are a lot of things happening and i see a lot of possibilities and i'm positive about it but on the other hand i'm also anxious because this is too slow hmm. what would you say to a young potential entrepreneur that wants to create a fashion brand with sustainable collections at the core <laughs> do it do it step by step uh, start small expand organically give yourself the opportunity to learn while growing talk to people learn from their experience but also value what you are given it's also a very important thing but also know what your shortcomings are so that you can collaborate or that you can make a tandem i would have liked to have a companion i still would like to find a companion i'm always searching for ni nice collaborations short term and long term i guess That's a very important thing. That's something that I would really advise. Okay, and then we've come to the last question of this podcast. Do you have some tips and tricks for us or a take-home message maybe? Whew. It's a very beautiful and important question and I feel like the pressure. But value your own impact, however small. Uh, keep smiling um, because, yeah, keep smiling is like... It's also a contribution. Value however small your impact is and find your passion, your motivation, what makes you flow. I guess that identifying that is very important because days are very long if you're not doing what is pleasing you. And that's also, if you're in this motivation, in this passion, I believe that's truly the, the starting point of your best productivity or your your best outcomes and it's also in a way respecting yourself to make decisions that really suit you i was giving the opportunity to do that and that's one of the things that i value the most those opportunities given to me and i'm very grateful also to seeing and accepting them so that's also something i would say As a last thing, I'd say curate your surroundings, share, connect, get together, listen to other people and share what you know, but also share your doubts because I guess those are the most beautiful converse conversations and the most beautiful uh, interactions is to learn and grow together. Okay, great. I think that's a, a clear message for us and our listeners. Thank you, Soraya, for the uh, podcast. I think it was very interesting. My pleasure. And, uh, we hope to hear more from you in the future. I hope so, too. <laughs> If you like this podcast, we also have some other podcasts with um, very interesting circular economy entrepreneurs, so don't hesitate to check it out as well. And check our website, check our socials. Thank you very much for listening, and have a nice day. Bye.